For almost eight years, I mean, eight years, BC has been in a public health emergency. And during that time, despite efforts, the opioid overdose crisis has only gotten worse. And during all that time, BC's chief coroner, Lisa LaPointe, has tried her best over and over to raise the alarm, to raise awareness, to just try and change the trajectory of those numbers and to get the people in charge to do everything they could to change the trajectory of those numbers. But now things are going to change because Lisa LaPointe is retiring in a few days, actually. So what will that do for this? What will that do for awareness and fighting for change? Well, Lisa LaPointe, BC's retiring chief coroner, joins us now. Thank you very much for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. How are you feeling about your imminent retirement? Mixed feelings, I have to say. I mean, there's a, a, I certainly have an urgency to accomplish a significant number of things that I have on my desk in the next uh, two, three weeks. So there's that. And also, you know, looking forward, looking forward to something different, looking forward to uh, maybe a bit of the luxury of time, which is something that I've, I've not had for many, many um, years. And then just leaving some space and, and see what comes next. I, I won't come back to this work. Um, this was, uh, has been an, an amazing career, um, such an honor to have been doing this work for all these years. Um, but I will stay involved somehow, and um, we'll see what happens. Has this work, as you put it, has it taken a toll on you? Because it couldn't have been easy every month talking about those overdose numbers, and it must have been such a frustrating situation. It takes a toll, you know, and, and not just me. It's taken a toll on our agency. Um, drug toxicity deaths are the most significant number of deaths that we investigate um, in terms of numbers as a coroner service, and we have a dedicated team, our acute substance toxicity unit that in, uh, investigates all of these deaths. So we have consistency in practice and um, engagement with partner agencies. Can, the, the folks in that team can really have a solid understanding of, of how things are changing and where the gaps are and where new uh, initiatives are being tried. But we get we get um, worn down uh, a little bit, although it's an honor uh, to speak with families and, um, um, you know, we, we want to do what we can. But you know, if you have empathy at all, you feel their grief. And of course we do, and we feel their grief. And it is hard to hear that grief and the devastation, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year, so many thousands of families. So so that is hard. Um, you know, I will say um, as much as I'm, I'm honored to have done it and grateful that I've had an opportunity to make a difference, the grief of, of the families has been very challenging. Was there something in there that you can say, well, you know, we, we did this, this changed for the better, or the, even though the numbers have gone up and up, do you feel like, well, there are some things that we did that we, we put in an effort here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially in the early days um, when this crisis was uh, was first, you know, first started, and Perry Kendall was the provincial health officer at the time, declared the public health emergency, and this monthly reporting that we've done, which is unique in Canada, where every month we um, do a preliminary report and we say, based on our investigation of the scene, the body, the history of the person, the preliminary toxicology results, we believe this death is related to acute uh, 
um, drug toxicity. And we've been able to provide frontline agencies, partner agencies with some really valuable information. So, um, you know, where where we know more people are dying at home. And so the Take Home Naloxone program to really encourage people to have naloxone, have somebody available to use it, um, you know, call 911. Uh, we, we gave, I went back to Ottawa and um, gave evidence a few years ago on the, um, uh, I believe it's called the Good Samaritan Act. So if, you, if you're with somebody who is experiencing an overdose, and you call 911 for help, um, people you know, wouldn't be charged for possession or, or anything related right. to the drugs. And that was a change. So uh, there's been a lot. Of, I mean, I could go on, but there's been a lot of really good things that have happened. Certainly our death review panels, we've brought together the most amazing people who've really committed experts in their field, um, who've committed their time and effort to really thoughtful recommendations. So, you know, there's been a lot of good work. We know so much more than we did eight years ago when this crisis started. Uh, but, you know, we, we have still many, many big gaps uh, that are preventing uh, our province from turning this crisis around. Yeah, let's talk about those. What are some of those big gaps that you you think are happening? Well, there's a few things. I think, I, I think you know, possibly at the beginning of this crisis, we didn't have an understanding about how many people used drugs in our province. And now some really good modeling by experts in the field in our province believe up to 225,000 people are using illicit substances. Um, So that's 225,000 people at risk of dying. So we know that the measures that we need to implement need to be significant. And well, we're certainly grateful for, you know, the province's announcement of beds, which there isn't really a definition of bed, but what it means is more resources are being focused to uh, support people to wellness. We know that won't come close to um, identifying the risks uh, that are there for all of these people, 100,000 people with an opioid use disorder of those 225,000. So that's a significant opioid dependency that's going to need some um, to help them um, to wellness. It's going to need some real focus, and that's just not available. So, you know, we, 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 it's interesting for many years, I think, as communities and certainly as governments and our Controlled Drugs and Substances Act would, would show this, we saw this as an individual problem. So this is individual people uh, making choices and um, they were held responsible in a criminal fashion. They were punished. What we've now recognized, of course, that this is very much a health issue. Um, drug dependency is a health um, concern. And when you have, in our province, almost 14,000 deaths over the last seven years, across Canada, 40,000 deaths, then you take a step back and think, maybe it's not just an individual problem. Maybe this is a systems problem. Maybe what we have in place wasn't designed to help people. And in fact, maybe what we have in place is harming people further. And we need to all step back and take a, a, a review of the, the, the approach that we have at a systems level and look at our legislation, look at our policy and look at our um, you know, what we have available to people who are experiencing substance use uh, challenges or substance use dependency. Do you think, though, that the system that reached the pub- the general public then reached its limit with that to say, but that's as far as we are willing to go? I think, you know, it's interesting when I speak to people one-on-one or group 
by group, and I, I often get asked to speak to different groups, or people in, in my agency do, the coroners, and there's often a lot of resistance, and um, people just want this problem to go away, you know, and there's a certain element of the population that just wants to, you know, throw everybody in jail or lock them all up and force them into treatment, um, which we know, by the way, research has shown over and over and over is not effective. It sounds easy, but it is not effective long-term. Uh, but for the most part, when you when we talk about the history and we talk about the challenges and we talk about the recommendations that our panels have made based on in evidence, then people understand, ah, you know what, we do need a different approach. Yes, we absolutely need prevention. We do not want to encourage people to use substances that may cause them harm, whether it's uh, tobacco or alcohol or fast food or, or particularly, um, or drugs, you know, or even uh, over-the-counter drugs that can have a really negative impact on your life. So we absolutely want to help people understand the risks, um, help people make choices, informed choices that, that will help them be healthy, um, but also recognize that where people are dying by the thousands, then we we aren't doing the right thing, uh, allowing the illicit drug market to flourish. And we, our policies actually support the illicit drug market in not providing safer alternatives, regulated, very carefully um, uh, uh, organized, overseen, um, that really our current policies support this horrible illicit drug market that is so toxic and so dangerous. Did you definitely get the impression then that that was as far as the government was willing to go, that there wasn't going to be any more systems breaking down of the illicit drug market? I think government is, uh, well, I know, having been in government for almost 30 years, government is very... um, very much listens to where the public is going. And I think the public uh, has a lot of fear right now um, because of the many decades of, you know, messaging that drug use is bad, people who use drugs are bad. The the kind of knee-jerk reaction is, no, 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 we would never do that. But when you think about it, when you think about the thousands at risk, and they are our family members, they're not people somewhere else that we don't know. They're there are family members in our communities. There are brothers and sisters and our neighbors' kids and, um, you know, our people we work with, um, their, their sons and daughters and, and our sons and daughters. I think people are starting to have an understanding that we can do better, um, but it takes time, and we need to really help the public understand what the recommendation is and what it isn't. It is not about free drugs to anybody who wants drugs. Um, just like our drug stores are not about free drugs to anybody who wants drugs. And there are drugs in our drug stores now that would take thousands of lives if used inappropriately. We know that, but it's about educating people, helping people understand, making sure that what they buy is safe. So if they buy a bottle of Tylenol, that is the, the pills in there are exactly what they're supposed to be. I think we the public, um, the public is a much more able to uh, comprehend and, and make good decisions than we think. We've just not provided the right information the right way. We've tried and we'll continue to try as a BC Corner service. Um, and we and it, it's a change and we all fear change. So I, I think it's, it's going to take time. Well, thank you very much for your time today and, and good luck in retirement. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate it. That's Lisa LaPointe, BC's chief coroner, who will retire in a couple of weeks after uh, years in the job and talking about, you know, one of the big issues that we see and talk to her about every month is those toxic drug overdose numbers too. And things sadly have not changed on that front. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.